0: Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast—a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magetson. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. As always, I am Joey, and uh, we have a pretty saggy episode for you—more so about the content than the uh, of the show. Not so much, you know, my body though. Age has ravaged me. Uh, Miles, how are you doing? How's how's your body?
1: Uh, My body's doing okay. I was just thinking it's a pity that Licorice Pizza didn't keep its original name or get any nominations, because then we could have made a joke about Saggy Bottom. Saggy Bottom.
0: Yeah, Saggy That's, Bottom, Saggy Bottom, yeah. which is, yeah, yeah, no, I was just, I remember in the movie realizing what that meant, and I was like, it's weird that Saggy Bottom has more meaning than Licorice Pizza in the movie.
1: I, I kind of wish they kept it. I like Saggy Bottom as a title better. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I like Licorice Pizza as a, like, phrase for a record. I think that's cool. But in terms of the movie, it's, like, like Licorice Pizza could be the Dazed and Confused title, just as much as that. Sure, to me. Um, Amanda, I'm not going to ask you about your body because I like my job, but how are you?
2: Uh, I'm fine, and thank you for being smart.
0: Yes, I have my moments. Yeah. Uh, Steve, though, let's, let's start objectifying you. How's, how's the robot form?
3: <laughs> uh, I've got a soggy bottom. Oh, oh that could are. be that could be hazardous. Yeah, it's, it's shocking me right now. Oh boy, <laughs> shocking developments all around. Um, <laughs> sounds grosser than it was, but yeah. Either way, it fits. Uh, yeah,
0: we're we're talking about the Screen Actors Guild, um, past, present, future. That's sort of the focus this week. And then next week, when we record, I'll be knee dipping in Sundance, so uh, I'll be tired and. Probably vaguely annoyed, but we'll talk about that more next week along with whatever we'll have announced by then. So keep that in mind. Before we get into SAG, though, let's quickly um, get a question out of the way. Well, not out of the way because we value it, but let's do it. Uh, Ryan McDermott is uh, moving on to other people's top 10 filmaholic face-offs. So um, we're going to do Miles this week and we're going to do Steve next week. And then we'll we'll continue on with those as long as he wants to uh, send them. So, this also will lead into, um, Miles, some of these are very new on his list, because I saw what his list originally was, so when, when applicable, feel free to chime in a little bit more about it, and then we'll fill in with the other ones you just saw. All right, cool. Number 10,
1: The Tragedy of Macbeth, or I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, comparing lists from previous years, nice. Yep. Oh. Um... Ooh, that's a tough one okay so i just saw the tragedy of Macbeth. uh it's amazing it might be my favorite movie version of a shakespeare play which is high praise because i'm a pretty big shakespeare fan uh it's yeah it's visually stunning there's a lot going for it the acting is stupendous it's it hits all the beats that i would want it to heat hit and then some i'm thinking of Endy things is good it's charlie kaufman at his weirdest It's, you know, not super approachable, but that's not really what it's going for. Um, If you ask me which of the two I would watch again uh, more readily, though, I would go back to Macbeth sooner. So I'll choose that one. Fair enough. Amanda?
2: I'm going to go with Macbeth. I I really, first of all, that, that shot of Denzel through the fog was probably the most badass he's ever looked just standing there. But I also, I agree. I thought it was a very great, probably one of the best adaptations of a Shakespearean play. I'm fluent in the Bard and I loved it. And I think that he earns a spot in adapted screenplay.
3: Cool. Steve. Um, I think visually, uh, Macbeth, the tragedy of Macbeth, uh, is, it's just insane. Um, it's every shot type film where you go. You can do a gallery shot by shot, and 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 have no problem with people being uh, amazed by each and every one of them. Um, that said, I think uh, I, well, I'm just talking about cinematography, but the cinematography of I'm thinking of ending things uh, is also quite impressive. Uh, just a little bit more. I wouldn't say subdued, but uh, not as prominent, I guess, mm-hmm. as, as the uh, as that. Uh, I, I enjoyed both quite a bit, um, but I'm thinking of End Things was one of my favorites of last year, so I'll go with that.
0: Not bad. Um, I don't know that I enjoyed either of them. I think they're both amazingly well-made. I think they're both sort of made for no one but their creators in a way, which isn't a bad thing. But I remember at NYFF, after Tragic Macbeth, kind of remarking to people, when someone's was like... Who- who is this movie for? And I was like, Joel Cohen, like it's what he wanted to do. There wasn't like a call for a new interpretation, but that's not a quality judgment. Um, I guess I'm, I'm sort of on the same way with miles of if I had to watch another one right now, it would probably be the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I'm thinking of ending things is close to a great movie, but it, there's something about, I think because it holds you so far at arm's length that you, you, at a certain point, throw up your hands and go, okay, whatever. But it's harder to care. Uh, both good movies, though. But I'll go Macbeth, not by I, not by a ton.
3: But I think the the enigma of Coffin's film is what's great about it—that you can watch it and people can interpret it different ways. And you know, there's just so much going on. I think yeah. it's one for me. It's more rewatchable because I think I'll find something new every time. That's fair. And, and something deeper and new, not just like. I think An appreciation, but I think more to the interpretation and more to yeah. my, uh, my read on it. I think that one goes into the the weird quirk of that's one I
0: would sooner watch with another person or people to see how they react and to have the conversation. But just to sit alone and watch it, especially like on a laptop type thing, it's – like that's how I saw it the first time. because That's how basically everyone saw it the first time. It wasn't – you know, it didn't it didn't create that vibe for me in the same way. But – that's a you know again not a quality judgment. Number nine, the Mitchells versus the Machines or His House.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, these are both very good movies for very different reasons. <laughs> uh, the Mitchells versus the Machine was my favorite out of what I think was a very good uh, animation lineup this year. Um, there's something so visually dynamic about it. The family storyline is very late relatable um all the characters are really you know they pop in a way that makes them memorable it's got one of the best dogs in cinema history yes um his house is really is a movie that stuck with me in a way that i wasn't expecting it to uh it's you know very sort of dark and chilling and horrific but also the story it's telling kind of hits on a broader level that um i found very compelling um but I think at the same time, I do have to go with that, you know, what? which one am I more likely to watch again? And His House is not that I would, wouldn't watch it again, but unless I was showing it to someone, maybe. But it's not one that I would rush to, back to watch anytime soon just because it is, you know, quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Mitchell's versus the Machines I could watch multiple times in the same week and not get tired of. So I'm going mm-hmm. with that. All right. Amanda? I
2: haven't seen either. I don't watch animated movies.
0: Send your comments to Miss Amanda Spears on Twitter. Care of words radar.
2: Very good reason why I don't, but it's just something I'd have to tell you off air.
3: Fair enough. Uh, Steve. <laughs> That's an I, I can't get that, that story. Yeah. yeah um, let's stop the podcast now and we'll jump back in later. No, um, I'm going to go with the, Miss- the, blah, 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 the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, I love that film. I ha- have recommended it numerous times. To numerous people, and I keep telling everybody, don't you know? Don't go in and, and expecting uh, a thoughtless animation. There's so much to it, uh, and the characters are fantastic. The humor is some of the, the biggest laughs I've had all year. And uh yeah. So I'm going. Uh, I'm going with the Mitchells or the machines. Mm. Uh, I'm going
0: that way as well.
3: I do like. I did like his.
0: Uh, I like both. Again, different reasons. I think his house. Again, sort of, not, I don't think it held me at arm's length, but I appreciate it more than I, like, fell for it. Uh, the Mitchells vs. Machines I had very low expectations for because I sort of assumed, oh, it was dumped off to Netflix and, and whatnot, but it was delightful. So, uh, while both good movies, this is not very close. It's, it's The Mitchells over The Machines and his house. As for number eight, we have uh, Tick, Tick, Boom or Palm Springs.
2: Oh, my
0: God. Oh, it's Steve's favorite.
2: Oh, that's a tough one.
0: Um, Pay yeah, attention I really... to the man behind the curtain, depending on your answer later, Steve.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. I th- I feel like he's going to show up regardless. Probably. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, as based on the fact that they're both on both of my lists, I really like both of these films. Tick, Tick, Boom, I think hit me because I found it so relatable and it. You know, it spoke to me in a way that was very personal, but also I found very accessible. Uh, It's my second favorite of the big musicals this year, and you'll hear my first favorite later on down the list. Um, And I think Andrew Garfield's performance is one of the best of the year, hands down. Um, As for... um, Palm Springs? Palm Springs. Palm Springs is great though. Palm Springs is one of the better romantic comedies I've seen in a while. Uh, Kristen Milioti does not get enough mainstream work. She should be in every movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, one of my favorite Andy Samberg performances and I just love the concept of it and I think it's really well executed. So that's a tough one. I think I probably think that tick tick boom is a better movie. But I think I I keep going back to the rewatchability question, and I would probably revisit Palm Springs sooner. So I'm going that way. Hey, Miles. Yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome, Andy. Uh,
0: I'm just going to hang around and hear how everyone else votes. I'm sure this is going to be a real pleasant experience to come back on the podcast. All right, Andy, we'll get to you in a minute. Uh, Amanda, how do you vote?
2: You know, I, I go back to relatability. Also, I think there's one number in Tick, Tick, Boom that I'm not really a big fan of. The, the big diner number, which I thought was a mm. little, I think it went a little too far. And I think there's something about having a, a film that's so high concept executed at the level it is. I agree on Kristen Malati, but the chemistry those two had was just amazing. Watchability. And also because Hulu recommended one of my favorite movies afterwards, I'm going to go with Palm Springs
3: cool steve
0: huh. keep him keep in mind who's here
3: <laughs> so um yeah uh tick tick boom is a film i appreciated but didn't love all that much it didn't do a hunt for me uh, i did recommend it to some people who i think it would work for but it just wasn't my film um palm springs is a film that i didn't appreciate that i thought was okay um, and I could tolerate. Uh, I don't think it's his... I, I can't understand people's... Uh, you know, how much people praise it. Um, Miliati though, is is genius. She's fantastic. But uh, actually, her and Simmons are wonderful. But everything else is like, eh. I wish they were in a better film. So I'm going to go with Tick, Tick, Boom. Hey, Steve. Is J.K. Simmons? Is that you? <laughs> he, he did send a message, though. Oh great! What's up? Oh, he says oh. "fuck you." Hi, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Oh, what? A, uh, thanks, J.K.
1: Oh, always... For those of you who are just now listening to the podcast, this has been a running joke for over a year. What? What's a joke? I mean,
0: your your rivalry with uh, Andy Sandberg and his predilection for telling you to go fuck yourself every time he joins us. Oh, uh, I think it was a joke. I thought it, you know. We have a disagreement on uh, and, and tastes, but we just gotta like get everyone a rival. Like I think I'm gonna tell Keith that like Ryan hates him or something, just so we can like get it going.
2: Ooh, do I get a rival?
0: Oh, we'll get you one eventually. Uh, I'm gonna go Palm Springs. I, I like Tick Tick Boom. I did say I feel like it's kind of inside baseball. Uh, Palm Springs is amazing and uh, wasn't on my top ten last year, but did not miss by much. So that one's that one's pretty easy as well. Next up. We have Riders of Justice
1: or Promising Young Woman.
0: Oh. I can't guess how I'm going to vote. (laughs) Wow, that's a tough one.
1: Uh, Yeah, so Riders of Justice, um, Steve and I actually did a radar review for um, earlier last year. Uh, And that was a movie where it's really one where you've got to just disregard the marketing, disregard the Taken-esque photo of Mads Mikkelsen that's on the DVD cover. You just got to go in and appreciate it as its own thing because... It's this fascinating mixture of drama and comedy, and it's you know it's got some action beats, but not they're not executed in the way you would expect for a movie like this. Um, it, it's a movie that's got a lot of depth to it, and um, and that I'm excited to revisit at some point. You mean when I'm they see the, the American remake? Shut, yeah. shut up. Maybe <laughs> <I laughs> maybe it, it can have extra. It. Maybe it can have extra depth when they inevitably cast Johnny Depp. Nothing is inevitable about Johnny Depp being cast in anything these days. Yeah. Um, Promising Young Woman, I think, was a movie that I put on my list because I didn't think we had a lot of good choices last year. I don't know that I, it would still make my top 10. It has not aged very well in my mind. And I think the big problem for me, and I know I'm not the only one, is is that the ending just does not work for me on any level. I think it's a really good first two-thirds of a movie, but then it just kind of goes in a direction where I can't really get on board with it. Um, I think Carey Mulligan is fantastic. Bo Burnham's fantastic. There's a lot of good stuff in it, and I like where it was going, but it just didn't stick to landing. So uh, in this case, I'm definitely going Writers of Justice. Amanda? Well,
2: I haven't seen Writers of Justice. But I do not like Promising Young women, so I will go with Writers of Justice.
0: Well, you won't with Promising Young Woman because you're not allowed
1: Something to. you haven't seen is defaulted. Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> okay, I don't know where the fuck in America Carrie Mulligan thinks she's from. Uh, that accent is awful, and I know she can do a good American accent from other films. So, yeah, Writers of Justice. woo
0: All right. Well, uh, editorial decision. You're not allowed to pick a movie you haven't seen. So guess what you selected. All right, Steve, what did you pick?
2: I select nothing then.
3: I I really uh, enjoyed Writers of Justice, and it made my top ten as well this year. Um,
0: Perhaps we'll find that out next week when we do it.
3: Yes. And it is – I I think go see it now before – they make a remake and people say well that movie was crappy no watch the original it's fantastic there's so much to uh, to appreciate in it um and and mads is, is a, a, again brilliant but he is not uh i don't think he's the best part of it so that says a lot um promising young woman i enjoyed the ending uh, i uh, i i that it hit me a lot and it hit me hard and i watched it several times, and every time I appreciated it more. I spoke, did speak to some of the people behind it, and learned about uh, the process of making the film and the thought behind making it, which gave me an even deeper appreciation. I know it's one that faded. It started off, it launched big last year, and then faded, Kind, not I would say kind of fast. It kind of hit a low point, and then kind of fizzled out, or, or, or st- stayed there. It didn't really win a lot of big awards, besides what, best, uh, was it screenplay? Was original the
2: screenplay, yeah.
0: Yeah, the one original was nominated for picture, director, actress, and
3: editing, I believe. Yeah, but early on it seemed like it might land two or three of those, and then it end up getting one. But uh, it, I, I think it's a great film. I know people have a tough time at the end. I, kinda, I don't know, I kind of get it. I do get it, and I think it works, so I'm gonna go Promising Young Woman.
0: Well, that was my favorite film of last year, so that makes this choice extraordinarily easy. Um, Yeah, Promising a Woman over basically everything. Uh, Next up, we have Spencer or Mank?
1: Yeah, so Spencer was a film that just everything about it worked for me. I think, you know, we'll talk about Kristen Stewart's horrendous snub at the SAG Awards, but... uh, even beyond any awards recognition, it's just an amazing performance. And it's really a film built around that performance, but that shouldn't belittle sort of Pablo Lorraine's direction, Johnny Greenwood's score, which I think is the superior of his scores this past year. Um, mm-hmm. The beautiful cinematography, the editing rhythms of it. its They've taken this sort of imagined real life story and turned it into this fascinating psychological drama that I just couldn't get enough of um mank is kind of up there with promising young woman in the sense that i liked it but it's kind of on the list because i didn't have a wealth of options i, I think i've been on record about this i think 2020 probably because so many things were delayed but also just in general i think was kind of a re- a weak year for film in general and this year uh, 2021 has been so much better by comparison and mank is a film that i appreciate it's got a lot of good stuff going for it but i haven't thought about it much since seeing it so i'm going with uh Spencer in this one. Mm-hmm. Amanda?
2: Um, I really don't like Spencer. I think what she was actually doing that weekend, or while she was at Sandringham, uh, is a far more interesting story to have made. She was editing what would be her autobiography. Um, nothing against Kristen Stewart's performance. I think she is amazing in it, but I'm going
3: to go with Mank.
0: All right. Steve? Steve?
3: Hmm. Um. You know what? What really stuck with me what Miles said is I haven't thought about uh, Mank much since, and that's very, very true. Uh, Spencer, I know it's you know more recent, and I have thought about it a lot, uh, especially with all the recent uh, headlines. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Spencer. There's there again. You know, both technically both are, are, are fantastic, but the score, Stewart. Uh, some of the supporting cast. I I don't I don't think that film did stick uh, suck the landing though. Um, for me that, you know, and maybe I have to watch it again, but that's the one thing where like, if it did, I I'd, I'd put it in my top ten. It missed by, I uh, missed by a few, but um, otherwise, it's it's a great film.
0: But both made my top ten. Um, but Spencer is my number two film of the year, and Mike, like uh well, you have sort of all said. I haven't really thought about a whole lot afterwards. It's a great technical achievement and that first watch is really good, but yeah, it's just, there's nothing pushing me to watch it again. So another one that's a pretty easy choice. Now we're into miles top five, number five
1: in the Heights or the vast of night. Hmm. So this one is uh, tougher. So in the Heights was my favorite of the musicals this past year. Um, it's you know it's beautiful it's vibrant it's exhilarating it's emotional it hits all the beats i would want a big screen musical to hit without feeling just like kind of a dry stage adaptation there's there's an energy to it that was really compelling it has some great uh, performances from the young cast um so it's one i really enjoyed that said it does have that issue of um it's not one that I've thought about much since I saw it, even though I really enjoyed it at the time. Um, the vast of night is one that I think a lot of people maybe slept on. Um, it's a, wasn't a big movie. It, you know, kind of came out on Amazon sometime towards the end of last year. Um, it's it's a it's a quiet little film, but there's something about it that really stuck with me, and that really sort of it gets your imagination going. It's clearly being done on a shoestring budget, but it, it, it has a way about it where it doesn't have to show you much for your mind to sort of be racing with the possibilities. But but I think that um,
3: shoestring I'm, you're going to jump in here real, real quick, but that shoestring budget I think is what pushes it to be as creative as it is. You know, I think, uh, and 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 the solutions they come up with really. Excel on screen. I'm sorry. I don't usually...
1: No, you're exactly right, and that's exactly how I feel. I think the limitations enhance it. Um, So, it is close, because I love In the Heights a lot. I think I am going to go Vast of Night, though. All right, Amanda?
2: I know I saw Vast of Heights, but I cannot remember what it's about. So, that doesn't speak well for it. Um, I'm going to go with In the Heights. It just had this perfect energy... And I think uh, John Q showed a lot of um, – I mean, obviously, he, he really knows how to direct a musical, obviously, because he's going to get to do uh, Wicked next. So I, I'm going to go with that. I think there was a confidence in the way that this – that film was put together that I just really, really loved. And I wish it was getting more awards attention. It, it It's really the
3: one that deserves it. All right. Agreed. Steve? Um, in the Heights, I thought had some great moments, and I thought the first third was really great, and then it kind of lost it. Uh, the rhythm was off, and it never really picked back up. There were still great moments throughout, but I don't know. Something about it just didn't land properly for me. Um, the Vasta Night is moody. I'm sorry, uh, Miles, for for jumping in, but I was just like, if I don't jump in, I'll forget, so... <laughs> My apologies. My my, my faults are uh, I had to destroy your your take, um, but yeah. So the vast of night, it's it's just like a, a moody a mood piece throughout. You know, and some of the technical, the, you know that that long shot that long that one-er they did, um, and and some of the creative choices felt like something that was, I don't know, very Twilight Zone, a different era. But still modern at the same time. They, you know, they did a great job capturing uh, that that tone they wanted to. And uh, I'll I'll go with that. The vast of night. Cool. Um,
0: I don't love either film. I think In the Heights is a good movie that was a little bit overpraised, and I think The Vast Night is a fair movie that was wildly overpraised by the sixteen people who saw it. Um, I would definitely rewatch. Yeah, I would definitely rewatch the best, Night probably more. If I had, if it was like one we're gonna watch right now, I'd pick the best night to see if I could get what everyone was getting at. I, I feel like I got in the heights, and just I have preferred other musicals this year, and that's just how the cookie crumbles. Um, not enthusiastic about either, but at the same time, I will go in the heights because I did like it, as opposed to being kind of left cold. Right number four. Licorice Pizza or The Trial of the Chicago 7? Hmm.
2: And you've,
0: we, You talked about Licorice Pizza last week, so we can go
1: a little quicker on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Licorice Pizza a lot. It's, you know, it's very... It, it feels like a return to classic PTA. Um, it does have that ending working against it, plus the one joke that shouldn't be in the movie. Um, trial of Chicago 7, I really, really enjoyed. It's... It says a lot about a movie where the fact that Eddie Redmayne is in it isn't a deterrent for me, well, no, <laughs> but I actually thought he was pretty good in it. Well, you're a super uh, Jupiter is, Ascending fan, right? Yeah.
2: He actually played um, a human being. Come on.
1: <laughs> no, ex- no, it's my favorite performance of his, which may not be saying much, but he, he was not distracting in any negative way. Um, And yeah, it's just you know it's Sorkin, so it's so well written, and obviously it's not completely historically accurate. But as a drama, sort of recalibrating that story, I think it really sticks the landing. Um, it is pretty close, but I think I'm gonna go Trial of Chicago Seven just because there's more, there's less going against it than there mm-hmm. is with Licorice Pizza. Uh, as a funny aside, I moderated Q and As over the weekend
0: with um, William Kunstler's daughters, who are filmmakers, and one of them is a lawyer and they brought up the movie real quickly because some people, um, the subject matter of the of the movie, who we are, um, is someone who said he was in got involved with them because he knew who their father was. And they said, well, in case anyone doesn't know, and they gave sort of the quick biography that, well, if you don't know, we made a movie about him. There's also a movie, they didn't like the movie, but they were like, there's a movie on Netflix that is not an accurate representation of our father. We haven't, one of them was like, I haven't seen it. The other one was like, I have, it's not accurate. And I did keep my mouth shut because I, I do love that movie, and I think uh, Mark Rylance is great in it, but I understand that if that was your dad, that's probably not what he was like in real life. Uh, I just found that amusing, and praising myself for restraint in public, which, you know, Miles, you know, that's a thing. (laughs) Uh, Amanda, how do you feel?
2: Oh, um, you know, I can't get past the potential uh, crime of pedophilia. Um, I liked licorice pizza. Kind of had a long middle. It had a little bit. There was just a little bit too many of these like vignettes of people they met.
3: Mm. I
2: wish there was some more Bradley Cooper because was so good. <laughs> he's so good. Man, when he, he's he really an he
1: asshole. really sets the screen on fire when he's on there. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's so good when he plays this kind of prickish and si- entitled person like he did in um, uh, American oh god yeah american hustle there's too many Or in real
0: oh yeah but the sniper was the real life prick though
2: well yeah but uh, when he's blocking it a little bit more than normal not like i'm undercover prick, but um i'm gonna go with chicago seven because i really appreciated the dialogue i think that was eddie rodney's best film it proved Mm -hmm. something that benedict cumberbatch has yet to prove that he can actually play a real person
1: uh, Ooh. So
3: shots you know. fired. <laughs> so
2: I, I'm going to go with uh,
3: Redmayne and B- Cumberbatch. We're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're sorry, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, poor Redmayne. Um, trial of the Chicago Seven. You know, you pointed out all the positives, and Licorice Pizza. You pointed out all the negatives, but I think the positives uh, of Licorice Pizza outweigh the negatives. I know, you know, there's controversy, and I, I had a tough time for the first 15 minutes. And then I realized it's not a movie about pedophilia. And I moved on. Um, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think there's a, a lot to appreciate there. So I'm going to go with Licorice Pizza.
0: Um, I love both of these movies. Licorice Pizza just missed my top 10. Charles Chicago 7 was top three was number three for me uh i will go chicago seven i think they're both great um, for very very different reasons but both quality cinema all right number three dune or one night in miami and let's go a little faster just because we're a half hour in and haven't talked about sag yet (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh yeah dune and one night miami are both great for different reasons uh dune is a bit more of a cinematic achievement uh whereas one night miami is a very very good play adaptation so i'm gonna go with dune amanda
2: i have to go with one night in miami i think as an adaptation it proved uh itself i think leslie odom jr gave the breakout performance on film of the year and frankly regina king bravo to you for keeping your promise of keeping the film set diverse
3: before it was mandated all
0: right steve
3: uh one night in miami felt like a play that remained a play but on film and uh, what's the other one? Dune. Dune. Dune? Dune's great. So Dune. Uh, They're both very good. They both just missed my top
0: ten. Well I guess one I maybe just missed my top ten. Dune missed it by like five or ten spots. Um, Probably would revisit Dune sooner but gun to my head which one's better? It's One Night in Miami. Not by much though. It's a close one. Uh, Number two The Suicide Squad or Freaky which God I love that's there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, these are my two sort of acknowledgments to my love of genre filmmaking. Um, That's actually a tough one, because Freaky is very much a film that feels like it was made for me in every way. Um, But The Suicide Squad, I still feel, is my new favorite superhero movie, and that's not, you know, a promotion I make lightly. Um, Yeah. A gun to my head, I'm going Suicide Squad. Amanda, but it's gun- so close. Amanda, see neither.
2: Uh, A gun to my head, pull the trigger. Um, no, I actually saw the Suicide Squad. I didn't really like it, but go for it.
3: Well, you hey. picked it. There you go, <laughs> Steve. Uh, I did see both Suicide Squad. Um, I wish I cared for more. I just, I watched several times. I just don't like it. Um, freaky i loved i thought it was a lot of fun so freaky freaky is great but suicide squad is for what it's doing
0: perfect to me um this is one of those ones that's not thing against freaky which was like a wonderful surprise and i think i i think like right after i saw it miles got like a very like loud uh, message it was like oh my god you have to see freaky um but suicide squad is is special to me um, they're both great but i am going to go suicide squad and we're going to wrap up with Miles's number ones of the last two years. Last year, it was Judas the Black Messiah. This year, it is Drive My Car.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Uh, so Drive My Car is one of the films I just saw within the last week, at just in time to submit my top ten for the um, uh, the staff picks. Quickly, what were um, the other two? Because they're not on the on the top ten. If you want to mention them. Oh, before. oh, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I did four in the past uh, week. So drive my car and tragedy Macbeth both made the list at the last minute. The other two were Red Rocket, which has an amazing central performance but a very icky premise, and uh, the Tender Bar, which is light as a feather but more enjoyable than I was expecting. Um, to the question at hand, Judas and the Black Messiah is phenomenal. Drive My Car, though, it's three hours long, and it doesn't make a single obvious dramatic decision that entire time. There's something just unhurried and kind of fascinating and, frankly, spellbinding about the way the story played out. I found myself so invested in the characters and the story being told and the story within a story, the use of Chekhov's Uncle Vanya to sort of propel the story and give it that extra layer, Uh, the performances just... There's, it's so deceptively simple, but there's something really magical about it. So it's really close, but I think it's ultimately a testament to just how much better of a year in film 2021 was than the previous year. I'm going to go drive my car. All right. Amanda?
2: Um, I can't see foreign films until they're like on video, so I haven't seen Drive My Car yet. Uh, mostly right. because I have an eye I have an eye issue I can't walk a big screen and read at the same time without getting physically ill nothing that says nothing about the film so I'm gonna have to go with computers in the black and but honestly I really did love that film and it was a really really hard best supporting actor race last year because I liked so many of those performances
3: but Daniel Kaluya all right Steve uh, I'll go drive my car, and uh, but both are both are award worthy. So, drive my car. All
0: right. Um, I'm the only person who doesn't seem to love drive my car, but I do love Judas and the Black Messiah. So, that was a that was an easy selection. All right. <clears throat> we have another question that's going to lead us into SAG, which we can sort of keep in mind as we talk. Uh, Matthew Anderson asked us, "What performances nominated SAG do you think won't translate to the Oscars?" With follow up note that says anyone predicting Lady Gaga to be snubbed at the Oscars and lead actress, you have to go back to Jane Horrocks for Little Voice to being the last one to miss where they got SAG Ensemble and lead actress nominations, but missed on Oscar nomination morning. So keeping that in mind, we'll talk about where we think the the changes might be. But quickly, let's look at the nominations. So, uh, stunt. It was, uh. Black Widow, Dune, Matrix, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi. No, I think, huge surprises there, and no strange, like, oh, Belfast is nominated here.
2: So it wouldn't have been the with... biggest surprise ever to have. No, that though.
0: one, at least there was, like, something that happened there. It would have been more like...
2: Well, the like... of Chicago 7 got in last year, so I wouldn't, you know, say Well, that, I mean,
0: it was, that, was, that was a weird one, but there was a giant riot scene where there were a lot of stunt people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, also, the entire cast in, of Hollywood is in it, so it helps... When James knows
2: Bond, in the movie I'm trying to think as a James Bond movie one I thought, did Skyfall win?
0: Um like I, once? They might not have been doing it by that time
2: Yeah, they were doing it because that was like two, That was only a few years ago, wasn't it?
0: I mean, Skyfall is too Skyfall was is
1: way. 2012, that's yeah. almost, a decade, yeah, it's almost ago. a decade ago It would have been Spectre know. that would
0: have been, I think, up for it and I don't remember for one Um uh, and then the, cat, the acting roles we had in supporting actress Katrina Ball for Belfast, Cape Blanchett, Nightmare Alley, uh, Ding, 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 there's one I think won't translate. Um, Ariana DeBoe's West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, Ruth Nega, Passing. Pass, uh, Nega is also one that is on the fringe, but I think sh- her position is looking better and better, even though the film is not performing any better. A BAFTA nomination we can,
2: would cement her place. And yes, Skyfall did win Best Stunt There you general.
0: go. Well, there we go. There um, go. Yeah, I would assume Nega is looking good for a, a BAFTA, which will make me feel better about her nomination. But we'll, mm-hmm. we can talk about that in the weeks to come also for that category, because that is an interesting category as it evolves sort of differently than a lot of people expected. Um, supporting actor was – but I think that was the one where I think Blanchett was the surprise of the lineup more so than really anyone else there um besides the like tragedy of and out not getting in at the one they
2: place always where you would think do mess. something weird like that at sag so i i mean she's obviously the the front runner to be snubbed
0: yeah and you also you know this is this is a gross oversimplification but if you want to understand sag assume they'll go four out of five in their in each category and that's not how it works but it's a good rule of thumb for just kind of figuring out like how much attention do you pay you know a nomination that seems out of the blue. You know what else is the category doing? If it's wild then maybe that makes sense, but if it's an outlier, I think you can kind of not disregard it but take it for what it's worth.
2: They nominated um, Naomi Watts for that Bill Murray movie that that was the, the, the Vincent. biggest
1: Oh yeah, that was such a weird nomination. Yeah. They when when it's for
2: Birdman and they didn't do that. They, they
0: When it's extra weird with say you can usually assume it's just
1: a quirk more so than than something to factor in uh Sporting actor uh, um right, real ahead. quick kate blanchett she is definitely the outlier like all four of the other ones i could very easily see translating to oscar but that said she's not as crazy as for example the naomi watts nomination because she has been in the running she's yes. consistently praised as the best performance in that movie so it wouldn't be a shock if she uh sort of translated to oscar as well but that said she is the most vulnerable and the fact that Anjou Alice is not in this lineup definitely keeps her vulnerable. Got which it. also factors in to the quirk of this year of, it seems like
0: nobody was paying attention to what they were doing because King Richard, as you'll see later, is nominated
1: in ensemble. So she's in one Smith of the, is best. the only performance exactly. nominated for it. Yeah, the which, same thing happened with the Belfast boys. Which we're about to find out now. Oh, in oh, actor.
2: The power of the dog. Like every yeah. which, hey, we're not there yet. We're not there yet.
0: Uh, so here, supporting actor, as Miles was saying. Nominees were Ben Affleck, The Tender Bar, which he desperately needed. Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza, also really needed. And this is what I think is slightly the difference between like a blanchette and these, but we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Troy Coltsar and Coda. He is very much in. Jared Leto in House of Gucci, which we can talk about. And Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog, where he is, until proven otherwise, the frontrunner now. Um, there was not either of the Belfast men, among other people. Good.
3: Yeah, that's, is it possible three of these don't make it? Yes. Yeah, to it three is, seems is. hard.
0: I, I would I would say two. I would say, and this is not just because I think it's such a divisive performance, but I think we've seen that like Leto overperforms with SAG, and then doesn't translate to Oscar. So if you assume Affleck or Cooper, and then Leto, that might be where that goes. And and one or both of the
2: Belfast guys get in. If you remember, with the Shape of Water. Um, it, it received two of the three acting nominations. It, it received uh, Oscar nominations. But remember, they missed Octavia Spencer. So I think for Belfast, but Octavia Spencer did receive a BAFTA nomination. I think Belfast is going to be thrown a lifeline, Syrian Hines and yeah. Jamie Dornan. I think at least Syrian Hines will probably is a little easier sell than Mr. Grey. So...
0: I mean... And the, but at the same time, that's the thing. You have to you have to try to figure out their logic. And this year, especially, their logic doesn't really pass muster. But at the same time, you know, Affleck seems like the easiest one to, to throw away here. But this is his first SAG nomination for acting. So they clearly liked it enough.
2: Individual nomination.
0: It, yeah, yeah. He but, won as
2: part as Argo.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, Affleck... Yeah. So, like, this is his first, like, just for a performance. But for this category... You know, now Affleck goes in with SAG and Globe, if we assume BAFTA won't go for him, which who knows, could go either way, which kind of sets him up on an oddly equal pace with Leto in a less divisive performance. Like, I think, I think SAG can go for the more divisive thing where the Academy kind of defaults to safe. And, like, as much as I love Affleck and the Tender Bar and the movie itself, I recognize that the overall consensus is, like, kind of throw up your shoulders and go, eh, it's whatever. Like, no one will be upset about this nomination, but like, basically, I'll be the only one who's like over the moon for it. So that's maybe almost oddly in his favor. Um, and then Bradley Cooper is just going to be a complete X factor because the Academy does rarely miss him. But also, this is not where they've been nominating things right lately. They don't really go for the scene-stealing, like truly supporting player. They love five fake leads.
2: They just love Bradley Cooper, though. I mean, he got in front that's true. A sniper when he missed everything. So well, some
0: of that was some of that was how late the movie.
2: Yeah. officially was coming like it, it was in time for everyone
0: because it played at um was it afi i think was where it debuted but yeah they, that was it, he was a hypothetical for a long time and i think people sort of made their their bones already and then yeah he came on strong late to the point where i think there was a outside possibility in a longer season he might have ended up winning but oh yeah, yeah thankfully it didn't yeah. happen
1: um uh, yeah. So with these ones, I think Affleck is also kind of boosted by the fact that he gave a really memorable turn in the last duel yes. and he won't get nominated for that. But the fact that he has two of those is working in his favor. Whereas I think Bradley Cooper, Nightmare Alley, isn't doing him as many favors. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's an X factor because I think the performance is worthy, but there is such a small amount of it that it will yeah. be interesting if they still give it to him for essentially 10 minutes of screen time. Not that they haven't done that before, yeah. you know?
2: anything
0: from Uh, anthony
1: hopkins to it
0: is it is funny that basically affleck
1: it is funny that affleck
0: cooper and leto were let's say competing for one or two spots depending on what happens with belfast and affleck and cooper both have movies that'll either help they're not gonna either will hurt them but are hoping for like a boost from that disney was like yeah fuck these movies like affleck has the last duel and cooper has nightmare alley where disney was like we don't care about these films
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to talk about Leto. I've already been on record that I think it's literally one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Um, we well, got nominated um, for F- last
2: year for one of the literally the worst performances. Exactly, ever that's been. that's where I think. Well,
1: no, but that's he's he's got you know he's going to get nominated for Morbius this year. Just watch. Um, but um, what I think is most interesting about this, actually, because I I have no doubt that one or both of the Belfast Boys is going to get in by the time uh, Oscar rolls around. But I think what makes it interesting is up until recently, you know, I would have said for sure that Kieran Hines is the front runner for me, just mm-hmm. because he he plays into that ma- narrative of yeah. a beloved character actor who hasn't been nominated before. But him missing here, I think you got to look at Smith McPhee as the front runner yep. to win at this point. My problem, not to say that'll definitely happen, but that's where I'm leaning right now. You know, I
0: will say the the
2: sorry,
1: I was just going to say that there, if you want to look at like what's the alternative then.
0: It would be a very interesting composition because I think it would be Troikoser, and that's a which
1: I would love to see, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Troikoser
2: had me in tears. I think what same here. I mean, he says one word in this entire film, and I bawled for a good twenty minutes afterwards.
3: Yeah. Um, um yeah, but he says a lot of words. That's a thing though. It's like he said he's saying a lot. He's just oh, using yeah. a, no, a different language and and I hope that doesn't hurt him. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do
2: think, that, you know, Cody is what, nineteen years old? Yeah. You
3: no, know, twenty five, isn't he?
2: I thought he was in it. He would be the one of the youngest people ever to win an Oscar up for a man. And we have seen these categories. They're at He's twenty six.
0: He's twenty five okay. or twenty six.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I don't remember. I, I read something about a 19 year old and then I saw his name. I got him all mixed up. But, anyways, he is very, very young to win an Oscar. I mean, remember, they did not give. The, how long did DiCaprio have to wait? He was in at 40. So.
1: Yes, yeah, but I DiCaprio was always uh competing with one exception was always going competing in the lead and I think that's the difference here because sure. leading actor almost every year is a much more competitive category I mean it, it
0: can go either way, but this sure. does feel like if you want to pick a like who's a clear front runner right now where the 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 guilds will turn and this this seems like it could take take one. this
2: because they got a lot of positive attention well last that's here for having all four winners be people of color. So this is the first person ever in the history of the SAG Awards to be nominated for a performance that's primarily in ASL.
0: Well, that's what Uh, makes this interesting is like if Kotzer wins here, then it's like, if he wins this and then that feeds into BAFTA, let's say BAFTA really likes Coda. like, there you go. He's the new front runner. Like, I don't, I don't see some of these changing too much, like I don't see Ariana DeBose necessarily giving up her position. I don't think she's like a super strong front runner, but there just hasn't been a a number two. in this way that up until... Go ahead.
2: I, mean, I was just going to say, I think Marley Matlin has like completely sacrificed any chance of herself getting nominated to help him. And, which is
0: very admirable, especially yeah, someone so who I, has an Oscar go. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, no, but, but still, you know, it's, it's been a long time between those two Oscars, between that yeah. Oscar and this to, to completely just... You know, that would have been the easier nomination to go for was her, totally like, She to, was the to, year in
0: advance pick. Yeah,
2: yeah, to, to had to go for this and to campaign the way they have, I could see from character actors, just wanting to go for him for that reason alone, not just because totally. of his sign language, but he is, you know, he's been around.
0: Yep. Um, so yeah, I want to talk more about supporting in the weeks to come. Um, let's do actor for a second, just cause that's the one that I think if you're going to get a five out of five. This would be the one. Uh, yep. Javier Bardem, who's a potential outlier, but has gotten everything that he needs. Well,
2: he was nominated for Skyfall, so it is possible that they just really like Javier Bardem.
0: We will yeah, I think uh, this is another one where, like we'll see what happens with BAFTA. Uh, especially for a certain nominee we'll talk about in a second. Uh, yeah, they but don't the nominees like here friends.
2: were they don't they don't like a, friends. They don't, don't like
0: they don't like very them. they also Easy? have another thing.
2: They Sirian Lines like. and Peter Dinklage. They do not like Game of Thrones alone. Yep.
0: Dinklage is the main one we thought would miss. Other nominees were, were Bennett Cumberbatch, Andrew Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington. Speaking of SAG doesn't like, I mean, speaking of BAFTA doesn't like, we're waiting to see if they actually... They finally win.
2: nominate Denzel Wa- If they don't, they are so racist. Like, I don't I care mean, if you give it to Will Smith. Come on.
0: Yeah. Well, this is the one that I think, uh, if there's going to be a five out of five from SAG to Oscar, it would be this one. Yeah. Because... Not only is Nicole Kidman apparently the new frontrunner, which we'll talk about in a second, it seems like she's she might be bringing along Bardem. Not that he's not good in this movie; like I, I like him quite a bit. But I think the initial sort of conversation about
1: him didn't revolve around awards, just because other things were on the table.
2: Well, it's also a Sorkin project. Well, it
1: didn't revolve around his performance even. Exactly. Well, it's so that also was the thing. A Sorkin People...
2: project, and actors tend to like Sorkin. So if if he got yeah. in it, he got in. That could most well for the for being the Ricardo's chances of just getting into the best picture oh, totally. lineup. But that's
0: also where you look at, like, okay, so they clearly liked certain films here, but then it doesn't translate into ensemble. Also, for what it's worth, and what we're going to talk about this now as we go into actress, that, you know, because it's not the entirety of SAG that votes on this, and, like, there is a segment of the, uh, the voting body that is maybe not on the same knowledge level about this. You know, there's people who are just like TikTok stars, which doesn't mean that they can't vote properly. Well, they the, those for... people
2: don't get to vote. Those people vote for the television of course. They don't always get to exactly. vote for the film, but, but um, yeah, there are, are films. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. There are, there are not per se those exactly, but there are film people who are, have perhaps more of an agenda when they vote, which is one thing that I don't know that holds water though. Cause here, let's talk about actors so I can get to that. Um, here were the nominees, Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga, uh, Jennifer Hudson was the big surprise and Nicole Kidman. And yes,
2: (laughs) the uh, only thing I know for certain is that the SAG awards love Aretha Franklin because both of these projects, this and then limited series actress, where Cynthia Erivo knocked Jessica Chastain out of the category, Yeah, what the uh, fuck? Like seriously, neither of those are any good. So I mean, yeah,
0: if you're good. Just on quality, Chastain and Hudson don't measure up to uh, Stewart or some of these other people. But um, yeah, this is where you get like, what can we take of it? Um, This doesn't mean anything in terms of I think the nomination, though the win is definitely she would be going against history. It's never happened. But what I was saying before is on the one hand, you have these people who may vote with like a non film related agenda, like apparently Kristen Stewart doesn't, you know for even a political term she doesn't poll well with those type of voters but at the same time it i don't know that it holds word because does that mean that jessica chastain playing tammy faye baker is so much more popular among that segment of voter or like olivia coleman a movie that like if you are like christian stewart is is not my idea of like a fun nominee like is olivia coleman like i i just i don't know what to make of that i think it's just what we talk about when like sag is not an amazing predictor just because they're so widely diverse in what they like like they don't have a they don't have a hive mind as we'll see in a second because i want to come back to actress but i want to just quickly mention the ensemble ones were belfast coda don't look up it's only nomination house of gucci and king richard so for example belfast only one acting nomination coda only one acting nomination don't look up no acting nominations gucci gets its two King Richard only gets one, so in each scenario, they basically missed something. Give well, or take, uh, I can
2: give you eleven reasons why Don't Look Up will will not win, but I'll just well, yeah. boil it down to the fact that an ensemble that has featured Meryl Streep or Leonardo DiCaprio, and there's been five and six each, include well one of them they shared, which is Marvin's Room, never won, never wins. So congratulations, Don't Look Up. I mean that's not the fun. one.
0: Yeah, that's not the one, but. It is weird that like, and and if you notice, like the power of the dog is not there. Um, other big ensembles like Dune's not there. Licorice Pizza, like, and they liked um,
2: West Side Story, Bradley Cooper, of West Side Story, those, the big cast, yeah.
0: Exactly. So they 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 were hard to pinpoint what they what they were up to, which I think what? hurts I think how much Coda you want to pivot from
2: this. I, I, I actually Coda do think Tony's gonna win. Yeah, I think, I think Belfast I or Coda. half of the cast is ASL. The other you know it's a beautiful movie they're both uh, it's streaming it's available
0: I mean it makes for a very interesting scenario if you want to start looking actually let's pivot to that because we'll talk more about the snubs and who we think will get in and will get in as other things chime in let's let's play a quick hypothetical before we play our game and wrap up um, let's say Coda wins SAG Coda goes in with SAG let's say Power to the Dog wins DGA at the very least right we will, we'll sort of Um, let alone uh, WGA. Mm -hmm. Let's say Belfast wins BAFTA. All right.
2: British film or overall film?
0: Let's say overall film, just for the argument about this. What do we think wins PGA? Because I think in that scenario, the PGA winner tells you who's going to win, whether it's Belfast, Coda or Power of the Dog. Though here's a, here's a, well, let's make it even more interesting. Tell me what you think. Well, let's say West Side Story wins PGA. Then where do you go? If that plays out that way.
1: I don't know because then we have chaos yeah that that's i feel like that doesn't it almost doesn't give you any useful information it gives you nothing point, things are too spread out to really which say that anything has enough momentum to, to go all the way which so may be where it ends up being a crapshoot yeah the which may like be like where the Netflix.
2: nominations suss out now let's say uh, let's just say hypothetically everything works out your way and let's say marlon Mat- matlin gets in i, I could yeah. see coda I- I could oh see no i happening. think
0: I think people are sleeping on Coda as a potential upset. Because uh, I don't it needs think it to do anyone
2: well. would really rank that film lower than third. Uh, probably.
0: I think, it, you know, it, obviously there's some dependence on what you like. You know, are you are you a Power of the Dog fan or you're a Belfast fan? If you like one, do you like the other? It does feel like people who like Belfast are likely to like Coda.
2: Well, Belfast More so. needs right. stag because Power of the Dog can't win ensemble. Um, But the problem Belfast has is that, ironically enough, ironically, uh, in the 18 occurrences they've had where there's been a film directed by an actor, including Ron Howard, um, only two films have ever won ensemble with an actor-director. Can you name them?
0: Ensemble with an actor-director? Let me think. Uh, Miles, do you want to make a guess while I think about this for a second? Um...
2: Also, tell me, say enough.
0: it one, say it one more time. It's ensemble with a actor,
2: actor director.
0: Was the was the director
1: in the movie or just someone who acts no. and directs?
2: Acts and directs, including Ron Howard. I'm giving you two big hints.
1: Oh, is Ron Howard one of them? Well, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, would that have been like Apollo thirteen or something?
2: Yes, and I'll give you okay. another hint. Ben Affleck directed the other.
1: Oh, it's Argo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so I, I that that's not accurate then, because spotlight is directed by an actor
1: yeah, but I would say Tom McCarthy at this point, is much more known as a director than an actor yeah he has acted, but he's not he, an actor he, in the traditional sense yeah well, well, I mean, he is he is, but he's not an actor like Ben Affleck is an actor no
0: no no, I mean it, I guess it depends on how like how specifically actor you want to call it? Because that's what was tripping me up. That's why I was like, I mean, I'm,
2: I'm including wait. like Matt Ross. So, but but you know, it, yeah, yeah. They, like I would
0: say, I would say Matt Ross and, and Tom McCarthy are both actors.
2: Okay, well then three out of nineteen is still not a. Still, good yeah, odd. yeah, no,
0: it's still yeah. Exactly. It still
2: makes my point is that the odds don't help Belfast. Um, the fact that Kenneth Branagh has never won a SAG award is not good. But no. if Belfast uh, wants to keep this a race between them and Power of the Dog, they need that ensemble. And if it goes to Coda, Coda enters the race with a real shot of momentum to, like, yeah, sneak off Interestingly,
0: Interestingly, to sort of wrap up for this segment until we come back to it, the next thing, I think what helps Belfast the most is that wherever it's missed an opportunity to take a lead or, like, vaguely seems like it's stumbled, nothing has really stepped up. Like, as much as the Power of the Dog has done much better with Critics during the critics phase, that was always sort of expected. And, you know, the Globes don't really count. And it's, it's one of those things where I, I won't be surprised either way. But I just I'm waiting for that one definitive, you know, firecracker.
2: But but you know, it doesn't stop Netflix from boasting that they won
0: well why wouldn't you because it's all
2: about, I, I know but if, they, if know, they don't i don't think we can say they don't count yet because if I mean, they don't Hulu, they count
0: in the same way that any individual award counts you sure. boast about it because you want to build your your armory but yeah. the, if you're just thinking about how does this inform the academy's vote it doesn't just because there's not a crossover in the same way that the critics choice doesn't
2: Oh yeah! In the oh yeah! Way. No, no. I, I thought you were they, talking they, about them being canceled.
0: First. Oh no, 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 no.
1: I don't. I don't care about that. They never counted. It was just just in terms of there's no overlap. There's in terms yeah. of oh yeah, bodies, no, no, there's I, no I guess, like...
2: Uh, I thought he was talking yeah. about them like they, they're canceled. I'm like, if they're canceled, then these people no, no they, to they count. Like them.
0: they happen. They don't count because they're not SAG, DGA, PGA, BAFTA, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, oh yeah. But we'll come back to it. We'll come back to those. Um, let's wrap up with a SAG-related game amanda uh having been a sag lover um SAG awards we do the tw- Expert. <laughs> fair enough um asked that we do the 25th screen actors guild awards so we're going to recalibrate and uh we will see uh how we feel these should have gone so uh let's see as i just look i'm like well i think three of the four are immediate three of the four categories in the acting ones, or immediate recalibrations, but we'll see what happens. Um, let's start with the one that's maybe the least likely, um, supporting actress. Emily Blunt wins for A Quiet Place, one of the more fun surprises.
2: The only occurrence other than, uh, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of this. That's gonna bother me. We wasn't nominated for an Oscar, it was um, Beast of No Nation. I'm trying to think of the name now, I can't, I'm blanking.
1: That's Quivision A. Wallace. No. No, Beasley was Idris album.
2: Yeah, Idris oh, Elba. Or what do or you no, supporting only, actor?
1: Southern Wild. Hmm? I always get them confused. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah uh, the only time that the SAG winner was not nominated for an Oscar.
1: Yeah. Well, that was,
0: and that's a weird, and that one had a weird thing about the whole Netflix situation. Yeah. Uh, so here, if you want to uh, recall her, your options are Amy Adams and Vice, Margot Robbie and Mary Queen of Scots, Emma Stone in The Favorite, or Rachel Weisz in The Favorite.
1: Oh, that's tough because I do like both of those performances in the favorite. I think I'm gonna recall. All right. Amanda, have you played the game or do we need to explain it to you?
2: Um if I recall I have to pick a new winner. Well basically
0: we're voting whether we're gonna re vote. So if uh basically if half the people vote recall, then we'll pick the new winner unless there's a uh, a majority, then it's just the same one. See
2: matter. I can't recall because if I recall that would be a domino effect that led to um, oh God, I am having the worst day with names. Not winning the Oscar, so Regina King. So I, I'm going to stay with it.
1: Okay. No, we're just we're just doing SAG here. Yeah, I know. Like,
2: I'm I'm thinking of like the whole. She's playing it out know. like it's real.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Fair enough.
2: What would happen?
1: Okay.
0: Um, recall. I would keep it. But let's see. All right, uh, Miles. Since we're in the
1: recall. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it is between Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss for the favorite. They're both great. If I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Rachel Weiss. All right. Amanda, you can pick any of the five. You can still I would, pick Emily Blunt.
2: I, I, I'm going to have to go with Emily Blunt because Rachel Weiss won SAG and then went back as she went Oscar. So I'm going to go with Emily Blunt. All
0: right. And here's the quirk now is we have Amanda thinking of the real implications as opposed to just what she wants to have.
2: No, um, I can't Steve. do that because I just think of like, I, I can't, I'm sorry.
0: It's like, no, but, it's fine. It, it adds it adds a wrinkle to this. I like it. Yeah. Steve? I'm going Rachel Vice. Uh I'm going Emily Blunt. We tie and Emily Blunt keeps it. Oh.
3: I would have gone stone. Same because, here, I would have gone yeah. stone too, but well, it's like a good I thought we were gonna lose you to uh to Blunt, so
0: No, so you weren't gonna lose me. Yeah, it depends. I like I like Amy Adams. I don't think she's like worthy of a win in Vice. I, I love Margaret Robbie usually. I do not care for Mary Queen of Scots. So
2: it I was, thought she was yeah. good, but I felt bad for Amy Adams because she lost twice that evening.
3: Damn it.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. I should have um, stuck the no, stone. Could, we might be able to fix that. Um, okay, so. Supporting actor
0: Mahershala Ali wins for Green Book. If you recall, your options are Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star Is Born, and Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me?
1: Uh, Herschel Ali is a great actor, and he... Deserves to win for better performances and well, better movies than this one, let's say. Uh, so, Recall, Recall, Recall,
3: Recall.
1: Uh, I'm actually going to go Adam Driver for Black Klansmen. Uh, it was my favorite film of that year, and I think he does a lot with the role.
0: Amanda?
2: I'm going with Richard E. Grant. He gave the performance of the category. I loved him in that movie.
3: All right, Steve. where uh, No, geez. no, no, no influence. I, I learned my lesson with giving Emma Stone or taking away Emma Stone's SAG award uh, just a few seconds ago. So I'm going to go Sam Elliott. And I go Sam Elliott.
0: Sam Elliott wins. Boom. I was I was going to chime in and be like, you know I'm voting Sam Elliott. So I don't, don't
3: I knew I was voting Sam Elliott. I, I knew was I was voting Emma Stone until I had Miles on board with Rachel. Yeah. So.
0: I was basically just letting you know, like, unless you're fine with Mahershala keeping it, be careful about how you vote. Um, because yeah, because like, cause I, good yeah, call. yeah, I like I like the fun of the sort of well, last minute like playing around. Uh, actress Glenn Close wins for the wife. Miles is going to repeat the exact same thing he just repeated with Marshall Ali. <laughs> if you recall, or I assume possibly when we recall, the options are Emily Blunt, Mary Poppins Returns, Olivia Coleman, the favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me?
1: Can I get those uh, nominees one more time? I'm sorry. Close. If we don't do close, it's Blunt, Coleman, Gaga, and McCarthy. Okay. Recall.
2: Recall. Recall.
0: Recall. I'm still in shock that movie came as close to an Oscar as it did. I remember watching yeah. it going, this was at the time where they didn't send links to like movies they thought highly of. I was like, oh, God, people. She's fine. This movie is
1: very medieval. She's
2: not even the lead in the movie. But... No. No.
1: Uh, So yeah, out of this lineup, I go with Olivia Colman. She deserved the Oscar she went on to get. She's amazing in that movie.
2: I also go Colman. And the bright side is is that Close would not have been so
3: shocked that she lost. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go Gaga. I I, I would go Colman as well. But you know what? I enjoyed Gaga's performance. So let's see what happens.
1: The
0: funny part is now I can't go Gaga. Because yeah. then close would win. I'll go Coleman to make sure Coleman wins. Um, I was hoping Gaga? you went. Yeah, I, I I was hoping you went Coleman so I could go Gaga, but you went Gaga. I'll go Coleman. It's fine. Oh, okay. So Coleman wins. Uh uh-huh. That was close. Uh, and now we got actor Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I feel confident enough to say that when we recall, her options are Christian Bale, Vice, Bradley Cooper, A Star Is Born, Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. I dare you, and John David Washington, Black Landsman.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was kind of a rough lineup that year. Oh, um, there's, there's three good performances there. There's two. Um, <sighs> so I'm actually going to go Rami Matt. No, I'm going to recall. Yeah. Recall. 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 Uh, so out of this lineup, I'm going John David Washington uh, for Black Klansman. He's does not get enough credit for how good he is in that film. Yeah, that was a bad snap.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I it would have been really cool to see uh, father-son win in back-to-back years, I think. Uh, or with a year in between. But uh, this this category and, and actress that year really proved the power of television and how there's not really, like, TV stars and film stars. There's, you know, the crossover effect. Malik was previously nominated on the TV side, and then Close with the past TV winner. So, but I'm gonna go with John David Washington. I still don't understand how he got snobbed at the Oscars for that.
3: Uh, I agree. Um, I love Brendan Cooper's performance, but I can't take the risk of it going to Malik again. And uh, John David Washington was fantastic, so I'll give him my vote.
0: Cool. Uh, he would have been my second or third choice, but I love him in it. Uh, I'll go Cooper. And uh, John David Washington wins. Excellent. All right, now we wrap up on Ensemble. Black Panther wins, or as uh, Jodie Foster said, "Black Panther." It's very fun. <laughs> Her announcement was very fun. Um, if you recall, and it's a very it's a very open question whether we will or not, um, because your nominees are, if not, Black Landsman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Crazy Rich Asians, and A Star Was Born. And actually, think of that for a second. Okay, right? Just ponder that. Let's quickly do stunt. Black Panther won stunt. If you recall, it was Ant Man and the Wasp, Infinity War, Buster Scruggs,
1: or Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh my God, recall.
2: Let it ride. Well, while he, I was saying that, in real life, Black Panther made history as the first film to win stunt and ensemble.
0: Exactly. That crossover is not usually. Uh,
2: you usually I mean. don't see that.
0: Exactly. Steve, where I'm going to say on recall. Now? Um,
1: I, I don't care I'll
0: say keep it but we're recalling Miles
1: um, I do love that statistic that Black Panther got both in real life but for our purposes if we're talking about stunts I don't know how you can sit there with a straight face and not give it to Mission Impossible Fallout
2: mm-hmm. Amanda Black Panther, Black Panther?
3: All right. Steve Mission Impossible
0: oh that's close uh, yeah I think I'm going Mission Impossible those are the two. Those are clearly the two. Yeah. All right. Mission Possible takes one. Now,
1: Miles, where are we going on ensemble? <sighs> it's tough because Black Panther is a genuinely great ensemble and they're all doing great work. I'm going to say leave it for now, but I'm open to changing my vote if we do a recall.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Can I give my fun stat or do you not like that one?
1: No, do a stunt. Do a step.
2: Okay, so um, Black Panther won, and then Sterling K. Brown was obviously in the ensemble, and he won ensemble as part of This Is Us. Can you name the other actor who has done both?
0: I mean, I now can, because you told me the answer off well, air.
2: Yes. But does anyone else
0: want to
1: guess?
2: Anyone want to guess? It was a it's comedy. A,
1: it's a Steve Carell for Little Miss Sunshine in The Office. There
2: you go. See? Whoa. It's fun. Cute little stuff. Steve,
1: before you get too impressed, Miles was on the call as well. Yeah. Yeah, to be clear, uh. I would never have gotten that if you didn't give it okay, to me before well, the call. <laughs> but it was great how confidently he said it. Well,
2: it's just one of those it things now
1: I know this. That,
2: you know, with more, t- when you see these ensemble winners now, you want to look deep into the bench and see, okay, yeah, this one's got a lot of people in it, but it's got a lot of people. Daniel who who is, you know, yep. on The Walking Dead. It's got and then people it's who have
0: cool. awards already yeah um i'm gonna jump ahead of steve
2: black mirror you know oh yeah
0: i want to jump ahead of steve to say I, I i'll pick recall just so it's
1: up to him whether
0: we do it or not
3: i'll Ooh. recall
1: him. okay there we go can i get the nominees one more time black panther black Landsman, bohemian rhapsody crazy rich asians a star is born Black Klansman would be my second choice, but out of this lineup, I'm sticking with Black Panther. All right. Amanda?
2: I can't take away Chadwick Boseman's acceptance speech, so I'm, I'm going with Black Panther.
3: Uh, I would go Black Klansman.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Star is Born. Black Panther keeps it. There we go. All right. Uh, say where you can be followed. And um, uh, Amanda can go with a, a, a sag stat if she wants. Uh, Miles, talk about a sag like moment or something that you like.
1: Oh, God. I don't know that I have any that come to mind. Well, that's also an uh,
2: Can I have his and well, you can just give us social? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you yeah, can
1: yeah, have two. Do, do one for me. Uh, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles On Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. And here for my fun uh, SAG trivia fact, here's Amanda.
2: Hi, so you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amanda Spears. Um, one of my favorite SAG moments is kind of a twofold thing. is when everybody loves Raymond 1 for comedy ensemble and Ray Romano gets up there and goes, okay, we're going to keep this quick. There's movie stars in the audience. And then he's Mm -hmm. nominated as part of the ensemble for the Irish Men, and he goes, I never thought when I was up here all those years ago, excepting for Raymond, I'd, I'd, you know, be in a Martin Scorsese movie and Harvey Keitel's like, yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But one of my favorite stats is actually current this year is that really this is a fun race between Olivia Colman and... Nicole Kidman, because they are the last two people to win a globe, lose SAG, win BAFTA, upset at the Oscars. So this is going to be really a good, fun race between the two, because neither have won on the film side. Nicole Kidman won for um, Big Little Lies, but she wasn't losing anything for that. And uh, Olivia Coleman's won twice for Ensemble as part of The Crown. Awesome.
3: Steve? I can get more if you want, but I'll stop Steve, you want Steve, you want to pass yours over to her? <laughs> well, uh, actually, I don't have a SAG moment, but I every year I love the opening. I am an actor uh, for the SAG Awards. That's actually what them. I was
0: going to pick, so uh, my, well, uh, Amanda does get an extra one from me. <laughs> but that is a good one, so say where you say your your socials and stuff.
3: oh okay uh so uh you can follow me on twitter and letterbox at film Snork. you can also listen to the verse the the podcast it's uh you can follow that at the verse cast recently uh we said goodbye to one of our squad members in the most dramatic traumatic fashion ever so uh give it a listen and enjoy oh boy did you kill the robot i didn't do anything uh-oh. My hands are my my hands are clean.
0: That's not a no. Um, you can find me at Joey Maggotson on all the socials. Awards Radar is on several of them. Um, I do also like the I'm an actor, but not all the all of them. I think sometimes some people take it a little too seriously. I also don't like the ones that are super like not taking it seriously, but the ones that are just like acknowledging that it is kind of wild that I get to do this. I do like because that's my favorite thing when I talk to actors when I interview them. Is like how do you not have a good time at this job? You won, you cheated at life to get to do this—not cheated, but like you you have a cheat code. Like I just interviewed Javier Bardem; that'll be up on the site by the time you guys hear this. And you know, there's a dude who should never be upset a moment in his life. He gets paid millions, he gets Oscars, he lives with Melody Cruz. Exactly. Like he is having a good time, and it is funny. It's a video you guys will see it. He does have a good, a big smile when I talk about that. Like I like when people acknowledge, like. Yeah, we take this seriously because we're serious about it. But it is ridiculous. I get to make pretend, and I get to do it well, and all these things came with it. Like, I think he was on vacation when we did the interview. Like you know, he's having a good time, and I, I really appreciate that. Like I never understand the like Bruce Willises of the world who like look like
1: their dog's been killed every time they have to go to work. They, they look like they resent having to act, and like just stop doing movies if that's how you feel. Yeah, or like yeah. you know, or accepting not accepting
0: what comes with it. Like he's notorious for like, yeah, you'll get him in you know with with a Ryan Johnson or someone who'll make an effort, but then he'll be like pissy about having to promote it, and will like upfront tell people this is not the fun part. Like, but you know this is part of the job, and is this really not the fun part? People just saying they like you, and you have to talk <laughs> about like yeah, <laughs> people
3: just shoot a gun. Praising and talking about your work. It's like eh. Yeah, I, I just get, get I don't over yourself. That. I'd
0: much you rather, like Joaquin I, you know. I mean Joaquin Phoenix at least I feel like is legitimately just like I'm so uncomfortable with these I just he I, can it's nothing. Pretend. I, he can pretend. I also feel like he doesn't take he doesn't mean it in a personal sense. Like he doesn't want to do it, but I don't think he resents you for having to do it. Like um, Mike Ryan had a really good interview with him. Where he's just like, I, I mean, I, like I don't know, man. Like I'll do them because I have to, but like I just, this is not the thing. Like he, he worded it so much better than a Bruce Willis. who will like, will sit there with a pout and like make sure you know that like I don't want to be here. Like there's a difference between I don't want to be here and like I, like what am I doing here? That's just my my personal thing. Amanda, bring us home one more stat and we'll say goodbye.
2: Oh, uh, one more.
0: Or trivia, or just something.
2: Uh, this is the first time there's been three actors from the same TV series nominated for drama uh, off the top of my head.
0: That's cool. But, that works. Um,
2: yeah, and then also it looks like stunt uh, – it looks like, you know, Disney Plus could have a good night if it goes their way because they could win both stunt categories. But a lot of surprising first-time nominees this year. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's – you know –
2: I think I think a lot of people even I thought Kirsten Dunst had been nominated before so
0: yeah
2: for Fargo but I mean I also
0: yeah I mean I'm sometimes I'm less surprised because I don't know TV as well mm-hmm. to be like oh did she do a thing Because like I'm like was she nominated for bring it on no I don't think yeah. so no no I, I just
2: know. figured with Fargo because I know she was globe nominated I figured she was also SAG nominated so I was like oh yeah wait, she's, yeah yeah yeah, oh yeah. No. There's those... a lot of uh, there's always a lot of people when you look at those ensembles. It's not really They really don't go anymore for the superstar cast, which was true. which would help like House of Gucci. Because well, God, House of Gucci got, doesn't. Well, it's got Kim Irons, It's got Al Pacino and yeah. it. it. would it, in the old days. It, we'd have to take it a little bit more seriously. But yeah, um, luckily it, we don't have really. To. We've really seen a blurring of the lines between TV and film. Yes. It's it a shame true. that Succession wasn't nominated last year because, you know, then he, Jeremy Strong would have had his chance to follow up with, he's probably going to win a couple himself mm-hmm. yeah, in a couple sure. weeks. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, we just, you really have to look at these ensembles and go, okay, Belfast, Katrina Belfast on one of the most popular shows in television, yep. Outlander. Sirian Hines was on one of the most popular television series in all of television history, Game of Thrones. So you've got to kind of think about, all of these people and the people they work with. And that's what makes Anjanou Ellis's snub really surprising because she was just Agreed. nominated last year as part of the ensemble for her TV series. She was Emmy nominated. She really should have easily been able to be like, I'm moving on up. Nominate me for supporting actress. So some of these snubs are more telling than others. Like Jamie Dornan, mm-hmm. I could see him getting completely snubbed just because it's like, you were in Fifty Shades of Grey. You need to give us one more project.
0: Uh, interview with him coming soon to the site, where he yeah. sort of says something to that a- equation, just being like, "Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I gotta, you know, sort of prove myself." Yeah.
2: But we should just say, "All you say quickly, if you want to make TV predictions, it's always best to go with the past winner." Yeah,
0: if you want to I mean, win look your for, look for TV predictions uh, coming to the site uh, soonish. Um, all right, we will be back next week. Thank you, thank you everyone for doing it. Stay safe in the meantime, and uh, we will see you at the movies. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.